Hello, and welcome to They Didn't Teach Us That in Seminary, the official podcast of Broadmoor Baptist Church of Baton Rouge.
Let's pray. We've been blessed already, God. Enough we feel we could leave this place walking 10 feet off the ground. We ask God that as you lift us, encourage us through these words, through your example in Scripture. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. It is a beginning of the season of Lent. You thought we were purple for March Madness, perhaps. It is the season of Lent, and I appreciate uh, Leela sharing that with the children this morning. Sometimes we wear robes during this time. Luke Skywalker versus Darth Vader. Superman versus Lex Luthor. Batman versus the Joker. Harry Potter versus Voldemort. North versus South. Allies versus Nazis. David versus Goliath. Jesus versus the devil. Good guys versus the bad guys. Good and evil. These are epic battles. This is the stuff that legends are made of. My favorite good versus evil face-off is Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings. That modern-day David versus Goliath tale between the tiny hobbit Frodo and Sauron, all-seeing, all-knowing, all-evil, eye-bent on the domination and destruction of all good in Eastern world. So thoroughly evil and dark and menacing, grotesque, loud, angry, ugly, murderous are Sauron's forces. And so cheerful, carefree, simple, small, innocent, and glad-hearted are the hobbits that token leaves no room for doubts who is the good and who is the bad. That's what we like about these stories, isn't it? The good guys were white and the bad guys were black or good guys were purple and the bad guys were whatever other color. There's little guessing about who is good and who is evil in those kinds of battles. We know who to pull for, right? Only one thing the reader or the viewer knows to do, and that is to pull for the hobbits. But for good to win, we have to decide what and who is good. And what and who is evil. Many claim with certainty to know, but real life is not always so cut and dry. Many of us claim with conviction to know which people are good and which people are bad. Unfortunately, people aren't so easily divided into neat categories, good, evil. They're good priests, good politicians, they're good Christians. Sometimes they're bad. You and I are good and bad. 
You may remember the poem by Carl Sandburg called Wilderness. He says, there's a wolf in me, fangs pointed for tearing gashes. There's a fox in me. I take sleepers and eat them and hide the feathers. There's a hog in me, a fish, a baboon, an eagle, a mockingbird. Oh, I got a zoo in me, a menagerie under my ribs. In real life, we aren't so neatly and easily distinguished by the color of hat we wear. In real life, if we wore hats to distinguish the good and the bad, we'd all have to wear zebra-striped hats, maybe a little gray, because sometimes we're both. If good and evil were so easily pointed out, if good and evil were so obvious, I bet we would not sin as much as we do. I bet there wouldn't be as many problems in our families, in our world. I bet most wars would never have happened. Most broken relationships would be healthy. The hungry would be full. There would be more peace between nations, more agreement in our politics. Be fewer divorces, fewer scandals, more satisfaction in our jobs. There'd be more sitting in our pews if life were simply black and white. Because many times what we call bad can be said about us as well. And who's to say there isn't some truth on both sides? Poet Stephen Crane wrote one of my other favorite poems. I stood upon a high place and saw below many devils running, leaping, and carousing in sin. One looked up, grinning, and said, Comrade, brother. Good and evil can be as mixed up as, say, the wheat and tares of Jesus' parable. He says, you go pulling up weeds, you're bound to pull up some good crop too. I once saw a video of this passage of Jesus encountering the tempter himself. But in the video, that devil doesn't have horns. Didn't have a pitchfork, because real evil rarely does. Real evil masquerades as good. Temptation is tempting because it's seductive, it's attractive. And it wasn't a red-suited, bifurcated tail, swinging, pitchfork-wielding monster that Jesus told, get behind me, Satan. That was Peter. It's seductive, attractive. It looks good. In that same video, the devil looks just like Jesus. Only not so hungry and not so spent. Sounds blasphemous to say that, but the reason this artist portrayed the tempter like Jesus is that the devil's temptations aren't necessarily evil. They aren't bad. In fact, they look exactly like the miracles Jesus will perform one day in his ministry. They sound like things Jesus would have thought to do. To the hungry, Jesus says. To a hungry Jesus, the devil says, turn stones to bread. 
And yes, Jesus will multiply loaves for the hungry one day. Make yourself king over the world. Yes, he will wear a crown and rest on a throne one day. Jump off this building. And yes, he will prove he is son of God, performing miracles of power and healing, turning water into wine and raising the dead one day. But none of these temptations are that bad, not harmful, not destructive. In fact, temptations may look and sound like ministry. One scholar says, the commonest forms of devil-inspired worship do not take place furtively at black masses with decapitated cats, but flourish under the bright lights of acclaim and glory in a swirl of organ music. Temptations that look and sound like ministry. Stones to bread? The hungry surely hope so. Take political control? The oppressed surely hope so. Leap from the temple? And those who look for proof of God's power among us surely hope so. Real temptation is attractive and seductive. It may look like good deeds, religious motives, like opportunities to do good. After all, temptations, real temptations, are not temptations to fall but to rise. Furthermore, that tempter, same tempter back in the Garden of Eden, did not ask, do you wish to be as the devil? No, he asked, do you wish to be as God? Or what do you wish to be as, the devil or God? I already know your answer. Mine too. George Bernard Shaw said, God created us in his image and we decided to return the favor. We don't wish to be as the devil. We say godly. We want to be godly, not devilish. And so we eat from that tree as they did. Over and over again just like Adam and Eve. We eat from the same tree, the knowledge of good and evil, because it seems reasonable, doesn't it? To eat from the knowledge of good and evil. And by the way, you remember what God said would happen if they did eat from that tree? He said, you will die. You will die. Now some say this passage is about the fixing of our mistakes. Jesus is fixing our mistakes where we, we rejected our limits as humans to become like God. In the beginning, there was this perfect garden and there was plenty of rain, but not too much. And plenty of food, but good for you. But now there's a desert wilderness. 
no food, no water. And so Jesus is a new Adam. A new Adam coming to deal with that tempter once again, and this time he wins. The tempter tempting Jesus to reject God's plan for his life. The tempter tempting Jesus to reject his baptism. To do things his way. And to reject his own limits. Jesus passes the test. But we still eat from that tree the knowledge of good and evil. We talk about evil out there in the world. We talk about good over here on our side as though we have the knowledge of good, the knowledge of evil. My father-in-law says in ancient times, this is how that passage would have sounded. We know what's good for us and what would be bad for us. We know what's good for you and what is not good at all about you. That's the knowledge. We've got it. And we live in that garden, eating from that tree over and over again, blaming him, he made me do it. Blaming her, she made me do it. Blaming the devil, a lot of blaming in the garden. And nakedness, he's naked, she's naked. What? They've been naked the whole time. But now they're ashamed. See, a lot of blame, a lot of shame. We know what is evil about us. We know what is evil about others. Shame and accusations. And we can see how it plays out today in the news, on the screen. We know who's evil. Back when I was going to Haiti, I remember hearing evangelist Pat Robertson once claim, he said, we know what's wrong with those people in Haiti while there was an earthquake. It's because they made a pact with the devil. That's why. You see, we know what's bad about those people. What's bad about that political party. What's bad about that country. About them. About you. I know what's bad about you. And it's all over the news but it's also as close as our mirror. A good friend of mine called me a while back. He's a pastor of a church east of here. He told me about a young man whose grandmother was a member of his church. This young man was a physicist who was 19 years old. A physicist for the Department of Energy. He was brilliant. He had everything going for him, a loving family, a sharp mind. He had a dream job. He came home to visit his grandmother one weekend. He was playing a video game in the living room. She said he stood up, he walked to the back bedroom, and with one shot ended it all. I know what's bad about you. It's all over the news. It's as close as our own mirror, if we're honest. 
sitting in judgment over others. I know what's wrong about you. God was right. This kills us. God's creatures reject their limits. We reject our limits. And this is the gift. Almost beyond our belief. That to us. Who tried to be like God. And died of it. God comes to be like us. And died of it. Let's pray. What amazing grace, oh God, that you've come to save a wretch like me. We thank you for good news. For we fail to accept our limits and we eat from that tree, Lord. We pray today as we step on this new journey to follow you, knowing how difficult it may be, that we walk the hard path, that we make the hard decisions. That we say no to the right things. The things that are wrong. The things that appear good, but are not. Thank you for this word. Thank you for Christ. We ask God now, stir our hearts. Move us and send us on that journey. In Christ we pray. Amen.
forget not the hope that's before you and never stop counting the cost remember the hopelessness when you Thank you for listening to They Didn't Teach Us That in Seminary, the official podcast of Broadmoor Baptist Church of Baton Rouge. For more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook by searching for Broadmoor Baptist Church of Baton Rouge. You can also find us on YouTube by searching for Broadmoor Baptist Church of Baton Rouge. We're on Twitter and Instagram as at Broadmoor underscore BC. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you on Sundays.